This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, a self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to the commercial, your life could change forever. And I pray you never are forced to shoot self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have their training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. Remember uscca.com slash g-o-r what's up everybody let's kick and really okay so everybody be aware it is uh an election's coming up we're less than two weeks away in fact we're a week and like two days away from a very important election every important every election is important um so if you're in san diego go to san diego county gun look at our voter guide or sdcgo.org slash voter guide if you're in Inland Empire, which is, of course, Riverside, San Bernardino, go to uh, InlandEmpireGunOwners.com and check out their voter guide. And if you're in Orange County, check out OCGO's uh, voter guide. That's OrangeCountyGunOwners.com. Look at their voter guide. All of us have researched and vetted thoroughly candidates that are pro-Second Amendment, that are viable, that have character, and are effective. And we've compiled a list of them for you to vote on. These are local boards and councils, uh, sheriff, uh, county board, city council, mayor, all these local, that uh, school board, all these local boards and councils that make important decisions about your life every single day. And of course, in San Diego, I think the most important, um, or at least the most, um, I, I honestly, in, in, in on those four counties, in, in Inland Empire, Riverside, San Bernardino, Orange, San Diego, I think the most talked about, um, prob- I think it's probably the most important uh, election is for San Diego Sheriff. And the reason it's most talked about is that we're in an, a fairly unusual situation where we have a true anti-gun. First off, there's no incumbent. But we have a true anti-gun, gun-grabbing Republican running for sheriff and a true ally um, uh, who's been extremely helpful. Uh, And she's a Democrat, and she's running for sheriff. And there are a lot of folks who have trusted the Republican voter guide for years. And i got to tell you, the Republicans usually get it right. They usually do a fairly good job, but not always. And this is an example where they just went with the first person that showed up. In fact, he was the only guy that showed up, and he just happens to be uh, a, a literal professional gun grabber, and despite warnings, they said, eh, you know, this is all we got, so we're going to endorse. We're not a Second Amendment organization. We're the Republican Party. He's a Republican, so that's what we're going to do. 
Um, but it's been interesting. I've I've been I've had conversations with people who basically say, "Look, I'm not going to vote for this Democrat because I'm afraid she might turn anti-gun." I go, "Okay, well, so but you are so then you're going to vote for the Republican who actually has had a history of being anti-gun because you're afraid that the Democrat who's been extremely helpful it might at some point in the future turn anti-gun, which I just don't understand the logic. I understand the fear, and I think that the Democrats have earned the distrust here. Um, but I got to tell you, in the sheriff's race, it's just a different. It's a different animal. You know, she's. They're not going to be. They're not, they don't make legislation. They don't pass bills. Um, she's running a sheriff's department, four thousand plus people. She's been extremely helpful. She and I talk. Um, you know, she's responsive. Uh, this isn't a guess. I'm not just hoping here. We've really, truly vetted, and uh, but it's been an interesting response. Every interesting response. time I open my mouth, yeah, I have to defend that same topic you just rolled through. Well, and, and like I said, Democrats have earned this. Well, and so have Republicans. They, <laughs> they well, come right down to it. You know, and uh, I, I think I, I got to tell you, I, I'm hoping that we can get beyond. Uh, It'd be nice party, uh, not just in this race, but going forward. One, one of two things has to happen. The parties have to make a commitment that they're actually going to stand for something because they don't. Mm-hmm. They simply do not. And and the, the local Republican Party isn't shy about saying, "Hey, look, we don't we don't enforce our platform." And, and meanwhile, people are are trusting them as if they do. I know. So one of two things has to happen. They either have they, the parties have to actually start standing for something. Or we have to go. Hey, you know what? We're, we're not just going to vote based on party. We got to actually right. make sure that they're doing what they said they're going to do. Which will mess the whole system up. No, mess the whole. Or it might, it might if by mess the whole system up, it might. Do you mean improve it? Totally, <laughs> totally. Now I, I, it's, and it's almost like well, I'm going to drive a Ford because my dad had a Ford. Right. Well, yeah, but. The Fords right now are not running. I don't care. I'm going to go right. buy another Ford. And oh, by the way, they made the Maverick at one point. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? so, <laughs> it's not about like the they're Pinto? perfect here. How I mean, about the Pinto? On. Yeah. Come on. So, I mean. I mean, not... but really, when you stop and think about it, it's like, well, what, have you ever driven a Chevrolet? <laughs> well, no. So, in other words, you haven't listened to the right? Well, just no, I do on my on my TV on the it, left. It is almost like that. You know what? It's a little it, along those same lines. Yeah. It's like back, remember back in the 80s when people were like, I'm buying American, period. Totally. Okay, well, I got to tell you, these imports are probably a little bit better. doesn't matter. Oh, no, oh, no, no. You know, my, that's okay. I bought and they bought and everybody right. else bought and I'm buying domestic and that's just how it is. I have my own park, per, a private parking space at the dealership. I know right where I can put it or have the tow truck drop it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, really simple. No, I, I get it. And, and, you know, it's Brendan, when I were talking uh, off air about his generation, you know, because yeah. his generation, you know, is different than our generation or your generation than mine because I'm ahead of you and you're behind me. Way behind. But like I was telling him, I says, you got to get your, the, the age group, you know, like the DeSantis and those guys are right. his politicians. Yeah. And his age group. Yeah. You know, I says, don't worry about the old guys that are in the house right now. They're going to be gone, you know, within the next four years, hopefully. Anyway. But so's AOC. That's his generation. Too. That's right. And he voted oh. for her. No, he didn't. No. Come on, stop that. Why would you Brandon. say that? Uh, okay. I, I, listen, I don't represent my generation. <laughs> <laughs> that's even what I, that's why I like him even more. He doesn't. Uh, doesn't. All right. Before we go to break, right. I want to also announce, of course, we all know that uh, the Saturday after the election, the 12th, Inland Empire is having their gun prom 
AWR Hawkins is the keynote speaker. Right. Still tickets available, so please go to gunprom.com, buy tickets, yep. sponsor a table. The other thing I wanted to talk about, too, and we'll talk a little bit more towards the end of the show when, when uh, Sam the Gunman's on, uh, he is, uh, if you noticed, if you read the email on Thursday, uh, Sam is now going to do a blog a week for us. And he did a fantastic blog on body armor this last time and the legalities that that body armor is facing. Wow. So uh, look for, uh, you know, Joe's still there. He still writes blogs for us as well, but we also have Sam the Gunman who's going to start doing some articles. And Joe Petrolino, mm-hmm. uh, the pen patriot, uh, actually uh, went out of his way to send a, 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 me and, and Sam both an email saying, man, this is really great work. So uh, we, have, we have even even more great authors on our blog. Check out the blog section on San Diego County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, and, of course, Orange County Gun Owners. And then our next segment, we're going to talk to Bill and Paul. Um, they're uh, trainers here in San Diego, fantastic guys. And, of course, uh, Alicia, back from your AR class. Yes, I am. I want to. want you survived. I did barely, but yeah. I want to make some some time, probably maybe in in a couple segments here. And we, I want I want to talk to you about that AR class. It sounds okay. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break first. You are listening. Air scare me. So. Gun owners radio, AM eleven FM ninety six AM eleven seventy. <laughs> the answer. Folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. and Bill from 2nd A Firearms Training, LLC, are in studio and get to know more about them. Up next. But first, if you have a legal matter that involves firearms, then you need to call our California firearms lawyer, John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call him at 760-642-7150. Or you can visit him on his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, our first guest in the studio with us from uh, from 2A Firearms is Paul Gooding and, and Bill McLaren. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you. Did I say that right? Is, that, is it two, sec, 2A Firearms? That how you... We call it Second Amendment or Second Day Arms. Excellent. Arms Second A arms. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. I think the first time we met was at Gun Prom. Is that was that where we met initially? Yeah, that's where we met up with you guys. Uh, that was our first event that we went to for you guys. We had a great time. Good. So, Thank yeah. you guys so much for coming. I, I I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Did it remind you of a prom? <laughs> it was kind of like a prom with good cocktails. But it was really <laughs> funny how that all came about because it was not called the Gun Prom. That's the I think I got to take that. That's the idea. It's a really good prom or it's a prom with good cocktails. <laughs> We're looking forward to next year. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. Yeah. Now, now Bill, you're I've heard about you for years. I can't believe it took us so long to to actually meet in person. Uh very reputable trainer. Uh done a, have a ton of students, had done a fantastic job. And well, another thing that makes you unique is there aren't a lot of firearms trainers with that accent. Well, <laughs> right. It's it's a little different when you got an accent, yeah, you know, because people tend to pay a little more attention to you, yeah, especially yeah. the ladies. Okay, of course, <laughs> yeah. so I have to ask a much more but important question. Very. Are uh, you related? I was going to ask that are, too. Are you related to the McLaren family? I knew that was no. Coming. Uh, Don't you wish you were? No. Oh yeah. And I just when, had to do that. When yeah. they hear my American accent, although I was born in the UK, they go, "Ah, oh, we've heard that guy before." Is it a coincidence that you guys were both born in the UK? 
No. Yeah. Okay. It's not like your families or no. close. Nothing like that. We drink, we drink different drinks too. So what there do you, you drink? Uh, I'm vodka. Well, that's, that's me. There's nothing UK yeah. about that. You don't need to ask me. Small scotch. <laughs> now, now you're on my. Now side. give me a Guinness. It's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to what oh, you. We're asked. not going to ask Alicia what she's drinking. Nope, she's just going to grin. <laughs> okay, sorry nope. about that. Go ahead, jump in. Go on. So yeah, we're both from the UK, and I spent my background's British military. Came out here in '96. Before I came out here, guess what? They took all our guns away. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? It was horrible. I mean, I don't. It was literally horrible yeah, because it wasn't a. It? How did they come into your house? No, they just one day it was announced that you can no longer own a firearm and you must turn it in. It's very much similar to what's it going on in Canada right now. It was a confiscation. How? I don't think that calling it that's not hyperbole. No, I think it was. It had to have felt Error. enormously violating. Yeah, the problem was that. Yeah, I. I can understand the mentality for why people were afraid. There was a shooting in a, a junior school. Lots of kids were killed. It's a heart-wrenching thing. Yeah. But instead of looking at what caused that person to do that, they punished every law-abiding gun owner in the UK and took away our, our guns. Well, I think the other thing is, uh, another important point about that is they didn't, they didn't have to go door-to-door, did they? No, people they, voluntarily turned them in. And I get it. Everybody out there listening is crossing their arms right now and saying, well, I've never from, I wouldn't do any of that. <laughs> you know what? You probably would. Yeah. You probably would. You, the first per, you're, the first neighbor of yours who gets turned into a felon and goes to jail, boom, you're turning it in. Yeah, that's happening in a right away. I, right away. And, and no one, I mean, if you look at how we all behaved during COVID, everybody complied. So I don't want to hear it that, oh, well, I'm just going to wait until the worst happens and then I'm suddenly going to. They're going to have to get through my front I'm door. going to be tougher than a federal SWAT team. No, guys, that's not, it's not real. I the think big- in this country there'd be way too much upheaval if they even tried to do something like that. You know, they've been trying for years every angle to work around us having our firearms, but to directly come straight to our homes or tell us we have to turn them in. I think we're, we're a long ways from that, and I think this country will fight for our rights. Well, I think it's because everybody has seen what's happened in England. And I think Australia is in Australia. Yeah, Australia's. So, I mean, we see the, 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 the moss coming this way. The, the, the big thing that scares me right now here, because yeah. I've seen it happen. I've been there. My guns were taken. Right. Okay? I know why they do it. If you listen to all our politicians, what do they talk about? They talk about democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. It's not mob rule. Majority does not rule. That's the problem with the UK. It's not a constitutional republic. It's a democracy. Therefore, they were able to take away our guns. Wow. We have a different set of rules here. We have legal rights, and we give the government power based on what that Constitution says. We did not give them the power to take away our guns by majority rule. We have the Second Amendment, and really that's one of the reasons we called our company you know, second-day firearms training, because we are firm believers in safe and responsible ownership, and that's why Bill and I do the training. Yep. We, 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 San Diego County Gunners and, and Orange and, and Inland Park, we say that we represent sane, trained, law-abiding gun owners. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not all the all, if you're not all the above, then we're not representing your. You know, that's not you're not our our uh, our demographic. That's a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, or a bumper sticker. A at bumper least. sticker. <laughs> so, what brought you to the United States? How much and and how much did the did that gun? situation that confiscation uh that violation how much did that weigh into your decision and uh, come to the u.s no i tell no why would i come here a woman ah all right well there you go (laughs) (laughs) no my wife is american and uh when i got out of the military within three days i was here oh wow there you go man it's my own heart (laughs) so then so how into firearms were you in in uh in england 16 years. I joined the military 18, 16 years in the military, got out of the military, came here. I've been doing this ever since. Wow. My life has been around guns. Right. Yeah. I purchased my first firearm when I was 18. What was and, it? What uh, was your first? It was a uh, Lucas McCain-style Winchester. Had to have it. It was a fake one. It was a real 22, but um, – <laughs> I had that, and my first pistol was a three fifty seven Magnum in nineteen eighty one. And <laughs> it was are, it was are great. Huge. Those are two great firearms. That's that's very American. <laughs> but since then, I've been training all my life, um, and I've spent the last 10, 12 years with uh, you know Bill here. Yeah, and, uh, we all know Bill DC in San Diego. I spent some time with him, and just never just heard a, of him. Never heard never of the guy. Heard of that guy. But it's been a, point, a gun it's, has been in my home since I've been since I've been around. But the key thing is, I've always been responsible about training. Yeah. And uh, there's there's no accidents you can have with a gun. If you have the accident, it's probably over. So training, what got so you? Crucial. What got you into instruction? You know, during COVID, I was I was bored. I was semi-retired. Um, I had spent the last 10, 12 years working with Bill off and on uh, training down at the San Diego Police Range before they closed. Yeah, how tragic and, was that? Oh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, but that the. The idea of just I was a small business developer, so I've, I've ran businesses before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been training with Bill and shooting all my life. I have the certi- certifications in many, many areas. So I said to Bill, I don't want to work full time. Let's let's open up one in San Diego since he's got you know Oceanside, and he was all in. And two years later, uh, you know we've opened up our second classroom. Uh, things are going great. Are you still part time? I never was. He's always been part time. <laughs> I was going to say that lasted all of about what thirty minutes of this conversation. We're going to put something together well, that for- I don't want to have to work full time. Fortunately, Bill does come down every other week, so we split the duties, um, and I do get some time off. But I, I'm just passionate about it. I like running a business. I'm good at it. I love training, and, and the reward of seeing people that sparkle in their eye when they go, "Oh, look what I did! Look what I did!" Yeah. When you when you develop that skill set in them, and it's just the beginning. You're witnessing, you know, the beginning of something for people that could that could save their lives, um, just another sport to get into. So it's really rewarding. Now, did you when the Bruin case came out? Did you guys pay much attention to the Bruin decision? And I didn't. No, the uh, I actually had it taken apart. We got a couple of. You talked about USCCA earlier. You were doing an ad for them. We we're actually partners with USCCA. Yeah. We know some of their attorneys very well. They're criminal defense attorneys. So mm-hmm. I actually do legal seminars along with Gary Gibson, who's one of their criminal attorneys. He trains with me. I know Gary. I know Gary. Yeah, he trains good dude. with me. Yeah, I know and, Gary. And I have John Howard, another really good he second day. Yeah, he's I a, know John too. John's he's an attorney. He trains with me. Yeah, so we're pretty tight in with the attorneys. So we spend a lot of time going through back and forth on what these different laws are and what they mean. 
So what did yeah. you think about the Bruin decision? I thought the Bruin decision was probably one of the clearest, most concise decisions the Supreme Court has ever passed down. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I, way, way better than Heller. Oh, well, Heller stopped short because they didn't want to go where they hadn't been asked to go. Uh, this one, they had yeah. no choice but to go the whole way. And they did, and they did it very well, and they did it very clearly, and it has very clear ramifications for states like California, New York, Illinois. Well, it's interesting also right now to see how strong the Supreme Court is acting in ways, whether you're for or against guns or the abortion. They're really ruling on some serious topics that haven't been really addressed in a long time that are overdue. And again, it's not whether you're for it or not. It's the Supreme Court that has the right to make these decisions. They're getting involved. Or in this, some cases, they're detaching themselves from what's going on and saying, we don't want to be a part of that. Let the states run it. So, well, it with, so for clarification, yeah. for somebody maybe just sure. tuned in, Yeah. what is the Bruin decision? The Bruin decision was a Supreme Court decision. It was a case that came out of New York, and it, it was the first time uh, the Supreme Court had, had ruled on the Second Amendment in about 10 years. It was and the Shall versus May situation where there were seven states that were May states. Mm-hmm. And, the and rest, that means? The, the state would say, well, the Constitution says in the Second Amendment you shall have the right to bear arms. And the seven states that were May states were the state would say, well, you shall have the right, but we may decide if we don't like your decision yeah. or your reasoning gotcha. for it. And the state took in and overrode your actual rights. Gotcha. Took away the all the subjective uh, malarkey. The subjective, that was, exactly. That, that was, yeah. uh, and California. now today, you know, if you're over 21 in, in California, uh, you have a clean background, you're pretty much, you have the right to oh, get a concealed carry permit. Um, I'm sure there's some constraints, but there's very few or little now other than the fact that the the laws have been changed. And how many, I mean, you, you've been able to, you guys have been in business a long time. For the last, well, since about uh, 2017 is when they changed the policy. It was really full swing 2018 when when you could really truly get a CCW. That in San became Diego. political because the sheriff was obviously trying to keep his job and his position yep. for re-election and and we uh, pressured him. And and we pressured him and at the same <laughs> time that promoted him to start opening up to different industries, say the mortgage industry where people were going into people's homes, uh the real estate industry. They started loosening up uh, on well, areas Well, everybody well, Honestly, anybody, if you could string together about 13 sentences, <laughs> you were getting a CCW. From 2018 on, yeah. I, I didn't, I was, there were, there were no more d- denials due to good cause. And yeah. then the Bruin decision really kind of mainstreamed that. But when we get back, I want to know uh, if, if you guys saw, when we get back from the commercial break, how much of a difference you guys saw in business, you know, starting around two, two, 2018 when people could really get. All right, folks, but don't touch that dial. This is Gun Owners Radio. On FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio. This is FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserve and restore restoring Orange County and self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and you want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join. OCGunOwners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is more than supporting the lawsuits for the Second Amendment. They have developed an effective infrastructure 
that focuses on local outreach and activism. Volunteer at a shooting social, at a gun shop and tabletop, and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Become a member today at ocgunowners.com slash join. Okay. So We're back with Paul and Bill. Yeah, and we asked the question right before. So just real quick, um, 2017, the sheriff actually won a lawsuit against uh, the NRA, and the courts said, nope, you don't have to issue. Um, we put a ton of political pressure on the sheriff. Uh, he was trying to get reelected. We were talking a lot about CCWs, and he finally said, okay, fine, we're going to start to issue. We worked with him. We started getting more and more people into the process, and then we started teaching classes, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, long story short is 2018, uh, by, by 2018, people in San Diego could get a, get a permit. I mean, they still had to put a good cause uh, uh, letter together, but boom, they could start getting permits. Everybody's good cause was getting accepted. So my question to Bill was, starting 2018, and then, of course, this uh, this summer, how has business changed? Did you guys see a big influx? or There's been several things that affected that. Yeah, the sheriff opened up, yeah. but at the same time, literally COVID hit, Yeah, and the sheriff shut down. So we had a spike where classes got bigger, and, people, and then all of a sudden, boom, it dropped way off. For about a year, it kind of dead flatlined. They issued about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred permits in that first year. That's about right, yeah. Which is literally nothing. It's a drop in the ocean in San Diego County. Right. Yeah. But it's been steadily ramping up since then. And then we had the Bruin decision and now again they're overwhelmed with applications. <laughs> so it's kind of flattened out again because they're struggling to keep pace. Because the sheriff's office is not just dealing with CCW permits. They're dealing with all the other permits that you need through that office. So that slows them down. And we got to put a shout out to the girls and guys back in the licensing division at the sheriff's office. They're doing a great job. They are so overwhelmed. Yep. And, um, you know, we just want to say that. You know, I ran into them uh, after the, after all, after the, you know, the, the policy change they started uh, uh, issuing. I ran into uh, a couple of them at a CCW seminar up north, and it was a bunch of sheriff's departments that were getting together and kind of sharing information. It was talking about CCWs, that sort of thing. So in the buffet line, just happened to be behind the San Diego crew, two of the ladies that work in there, and I'm talking to them. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, we know who you are. You know? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, we talked more and more, and we sat down and had dinner together and, and everything, and it was the funniest thing. I forget exactly how she phrased it, but she was just like, you know, I can't believe you're nice. I really didn't think you were going to be like, I was, I think they had like my picture at licensing and they were throwing darts at it or something like that. And she was like, gosh, you're just such a pleasant person. I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes I can be anyway. They're sometimes. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, they truly want you to get your permit. They want to try to, they're, they, they're very helpful. They're very um, organized too. Yeah. It's a complete change back in about, I'm going to say, 2010, yeah. I applied for a CCW permit. Ooh. And back then, the process was you had to submit an application, then they would call you up and they would have a discussion with you. And my good cause said self-defense. Yeah, they called me up and I said, yep, self-defense. We can't give you a permit for that. You're not going to get one. No. And I said, I'm a CCW instructor. I have multiple firearms training qualifications, and I can't get a CCW permit for self-defense. Let's say this is what it's really about. Right. Yeah, the evolution. And they said, nope, don't even bother applying. 
because you didn't pay your fees in advance then. You applied, and they would just refuse you. No written refusal. It was a verbal, you can't have a permit. That's how subjective it was back in the day. Yeah. Now you call up the sheriff's department; they will bend over backwards to help you get Truly. your permit. Yeah. If if if, if you, you qualify, they will get you there. Sure. Yeah. There's no. It used to be this gotcha, like ah, you didn't dot your I. Ah, mm-hmm. we got you. Not anymore. <clears throat> and I got to say, the the lady. I don't mind saying the lady who ran licensing back then. She's since retired. I worked with her on a number of things. She was as anti-gun as the day is long. Um. So. It's not surprising, and and the ladies down there now are all guys and ladies down there now are wonderful. They've done a great job. The department has a completely different attitude, um, yeah. and uh, that's one of the. I don't want to circle back to the election again, but that's one of the reasons we endorsed Kelly Martinez is because they've been so wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, not just on CCWs, but on issues in general. So, so did you guys also see? Everybody seemed to experience, you know, the the mostly peaceful protests <laughs> across the nation from. <laughs> You know, with the BLM and all that, did did you guys experience a big spike in new gun owners and people that had a new, uh, you know, interest in self defense? Here's what's interesting: I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think in that COVID period when guns were almost impossible to get, right? Given that guns were almost impossible to get, there was more than two million new gun owners in right. California. Yeah. Okay. Well, CCW dropped off because. The sheriff's department wasn't processing. However, we used to run a basic pistol class once a month for about 10 people. I was running two a week for a year and filling them all with all the new gun owners. That's how many new people were buying guns. The sad part is that means that probably... 1% 1% of the people who bought those guns yeah, got training. Yeah, got the training. That's the scary yeah. part. Well, and I'm happy to see that this growth has also included many women. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of women coming in by themselves without their husband, and they want to get training. Or they've purchased a gun, and they're saying, I know nothing about it. I want to protect myself. Well, how did they? How are they allowed out of the house without their husband? I don't understand them. They've got a gun, though. Quick, yeah, everybody jump up on the table. Let's get <laughs> everybody. Deep. Wait for the emails on that one. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, uh, it, it really was. I mean, you know, I, there were you saw yoga instructors and you know uh, coffee baristas and uh, all kinds of different folks that you wouldn't normally associate with 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 you know gun culture um, buying a, a firearm. You know the, the the political rhetoric all disappears when there is really truly a clear and present danger. You know, and, and when there is a clear and present danger or the or the real possibility of a clear and present danger, all that rhetoric disappears. People know, hey, you know what? This is the most effective tool mankind has ever created well, for self-defense. It was. it was fear. It was fear that drove those people. We, had, we saw a huge increase in women. Probably 30% of most of our classes now are women where before you'd be lucky to see one woman in a class. Women were scared. People who never wanted to own a gun, who hated guns, who thought guns were the devil, yeah. suddenly wanted a gun because they realized that nobody else was going to protect them. And the funny old thing is, once they got shooting, they actually realized they liked it. Yeah. It's and, a cringe. You know, the, the population out there that is anti-gun, you know, it would be a shame for them to have to go through an incident for their family members or their children to recognize the value of a firearm. And, you know, it, it's, 
it's just amazing how much there's so much controversy over it, but there's such a need for it in today's society. Well, that, the most popular day I was talking, we were, we were looking at a security system years ago, looking at uh, security cameras and a security system for my house, and the uh, sales guy was telling me the most popular day to get a security system in your house is the day after you get robbed. Yep. You know? And so that's, well, too late, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that we were talking, you were talking about the parties earlier when you first opened yep. up the show. Yeah. And it's kind of become that way with guns. It's not that people don't like guns. They don't know about guns, but their political view is that they don't like guns. Right. So that's what they follow. Exactly. There's no experience involved in this. It's simply a political dictum that my party doesn't like guns, therefore I don't like guns. Just a bunch of lines in the sand. Yep. You know? I like talking to Bill. This is it's like talking to Sean Connery or something, you know. I'm just better awesome. looking. I was gonna say I'm pe- also not dead. I al- <laughs> <laughs> that helps. I almost said Peter O'Toole, and I thought I better not easy. Yeah, that probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, nah, Sean Connery's probably better. You'll get away with Irish, I'll give you but my you Jack won't get Nicholson away with look. English. Yeah. <laughs> give him the Jack Nicholson look. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, in when 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 people come up to you, what's what's the I mean, what's the first thing they should think about or should they do any homework before they even come to your classes? We tell people if they give us the chance because most people go out and buy a gun without there even considering what they're getting into. Right. We tell them to go and take a basic pistol class. Mm-hmm. It's going to teach you everything you need to know to safely own, use, store, transport that pistol, and they're going to teach you how to shoot it and give you a chance to shoot one before you'd invest six, $700 on a gun that doesn't fit your hand, that you can't operate, we suggest start with a basic course. Mm-hmm. Starting with that course gives us an opportunity to talk to them about what, why are you buying it? What's your need? If it's concealed carry, there's you know avenues for that. If it's a home defense gun, it might be a different caliber. Uh, what type of ammunition are you putting in the guns? So it's in the beginning when the COVID thing was coming out, people were coming in our classrooms and wanting training with whatever was available because mm-hmm. the guns went short. Right. And so they were buying anything. And we were finding people with small hands or women buying these huge guns. And it's a shame they didn't have the knowledge. They just ran out to do it. Today, we can guide people on a discussion about it. And if it's going to be in the home, who's going to be in the home? and what safety precautions, so on. There's just a you know, realm of information that needs to be talked about before you just go out and buy a gun. And then more importantly, after they've purchased it, they've got to get some training. And they've got to understand safe gun handling skills. Um, it's just paramount in today's society. And what I see in our classrooms today with people that come in, most people that don't shoot well, almost all of them, I realize, they don't even know how to hold the gun right. It's just as simple, you know. You get in your car, you got to know how to steer the wheel. No, you're 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 absolutely one hundred percent correct, and and I think that's the biggest thing, like you said, in purchasing a gun. Because I mean, everybody here knows at least five people that went and bought a gun and never shot a gun in their life in the last six months. The most important thing about firearms, period, is safety. Yep. And knowledge. Right. And you know. And, and sometimes these people have attitudes that are just all backwards. It's about safety first, yeah. always number one paramount. And the way I look at it, if you're going to think about getting a gun and, and come to you guys and you fire a gun and you don't like it. That's a lot cheaper than buying one. I know. Now you have another way to go. There you go. Because yeah. once you own it, you own it. Well, it's funny. It's like, I'll give you a funny story about Hold COVID. that thought. We're going to yeah. take a break. Okay. We're going to bring these guys back. There we go. Back. Yes, sir. All right. 
they're paying you a lot. Jeez. <laughs> this is Gun Owners Radio FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, folks. Hey, welcome back. This Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're over here close to the ocean, the desert, the mountains. I mean, it's wonderful up here. So that's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn to fly right here in San Diego, right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Just call them at 858 858- Five six nine one eight two two. Learn to fly at SDFTI. That's eight five eight five six nine one eight two two. And tell them we sent you. All right. So we've got the trainers back for another another. So how? Do, what's yeah? How do how do people find you? What's yeah. the best? Uh, what's your website? Where's what's your location? All that good stuff. Uh, we're located at seventy eight forty one Balboa Avenue, and that's about uh, two buildings down from Balboa and Convoy, right next to the gun range. Uh, our website is the number two, the letters A-F-T-N-G dot com. And our phone number is 858-737-8662. We'll always get back to you if we're on the range, so just leave us a message or we'll get a hold of you when, you're, uh, when you call us. Nice. And we'll put this probably information on uh, Absolutely. We'll be up your, on our, your website. It'll be up on uh, Gunner's Radio, and then, uh, of course, we'll have it up on the YouTube channel. Right. What was the question? What were we about to talk about? Oh, we had a story. We were talking Tell about Tell the story. There COVID, you go. Oh, yes. People buying guns that yes. were they shooting a ball. <laughs> Part of this and it's a funny story, but it's not funny when you think about it. Right. The gun stores, a lot of them were selling anything they could sell. They didn't care who you were, what anything. it was. If they could put it in your hand, they were going to put it in your hand, regardless of whether it was the right gun for you. There yeah. was no thought. Just make sales. Still still passing a background check and everything. Yeah, yeah. you got to oh, pass yeah. your background yeah. check. But they weren't. They didn't care whether this was the right gun for you. It's like a used car salesman. Yeah, he just needs to put your bum on a seat. Okay? <laughs> hey. So this. I take an offense to that. This very nice <laughs> lady came to my uh, basic pistol class, and she brought her gun that she'd bought at ex-gun dealers. I'm not going to say the name right. on the radio. Uh, so I asked her if it was loaded. She said, I don't know. So I opened the case, oh. took the gun out. Kimber 1911 10 millimeter. This lady <laughs> weighed 60 pounds, dripping wet, was about four foot nine at about 85 years old. I think that's old. a perfect gun. A solid yeah, steel a cannon. perfect gun. We She's, got her on the range because she was adamant she wanted to try it. So that when we went on the range portion and she fired one shot, laid the gun down on the table and said, if you would like that gun, son, you can have it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I I was in right around COVID when everything was happening. I was making the rounds, going to different gun shops, talking about what's going on and what we're trying to do and everything. We worked really hard to make sure they could stay open. Um, I was standing there talking to a gun shop owner, and someone behind me said, uh, I need a gun. And the person behind the counter, the employee, said, um, okay, uh, what do you want? And he said, I don't care anything. And that made me turn around and look like, what? You don't really, you still don't really hear that, you know? Turn around, it was, a, it was a guy in uniform. He was in the Navy. I'm sure he was in a job where he probably didn't have, he, he didn't handle firearms. But still, it's not like what, I guess he definitely wasn't, you know, some criminal. 
He was a guy, you know, uh, who was scared because everything was shutting down. You know, yeah. a topic for another day would be, you know, the deficit of the type of firearms that are available in California because of the the DOJ's approved list. Yeah. There's not a lot of small or particular types of guns for people available because of this list. So if, if so all right, that's actually a good question. Top no, top three guns that people in California can actually buy for you know and, and carry concealed. Top three guns. Go for it. What do you what, what do you got? I personally like the Springfield EMP. It's a nice nine millimeter. It's steel, so it's got some weight. It's a four inch barrel, so you have a little bit of length. It's All controllable right. for a woman and a man. It's a single stack. Springfield well, EMP. I'm no. going to go a toss-up and say for a new CCW holder, you want to go with something simple. So I'm going to say something like a Glock 19 or an XD or maybe a Sig Sauer uh, 2022. They're very usable guns. They're not oversized. But the bottom line is you need to take it to a range. You need to shoot yeah. all four of what we just mentioned here and yeah. make a decision. That's but, it. And there just aren't that many decisions. Well, the thing is, you can't even find them. An EMP, yeah. you're not going to find for a year, year and a half, but you will get a Glock or possibly a SIG. So, again, we go back to this viability of, of product. I have yeah. a friend. I do a lot of car stuff in other states, and they always ask me, so – what, what what did you just get knocked off your roster? <laughs> just get away yeah. from these. Yeah. Or they'll yeah. show me stuff they bought that I've never even seen. Well, it's interesting that we actually, when we do the CCW class, yeah. when we do our home defense strategies, use of lethal force classes, we actually explain to people that, yeah, we do have this roster, which makes it difficult, but there are several legal ways around the roster that you can obtain and we take them through these methods so yeah. that they can actually legally get an off-roster gun. We talk them through it and explain how it works because mm. they can do it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know who I think has benefited the most from this roster is Smith & Wesson because that shield is enormously popular. Like, you're not a big shield fan? Don't like the shield? Okay, the shield. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm going to leave the uh, room now. Here we go. The one that we get here. Yeah. Okay, the rostered shield. That gun is not a CCW gun. That is barely a functional firearm. Wow. The new <laughs> ones that you can get off roster are yeah. a far superior gun. I recommend if you want a shield, do not buy the California They're dumping one. their junk in California. Well, I think they just got it. It's an old version. <laughs> and it needed some improvement. Is they that needed a lot of improvement. What, yeah. ta talk to me. What, what, okay, what don't you so like? When they come out of the box brand new, yeah. I'll tell you right now, most people can't even get the slide to release. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The second thing is they can't operate the safety with their shooting hand. Mm. They can't release the slide lock with their shooting thumb. It's, yeah? it's, it's light. It's so stiff. It is so tight that it just, it's not functional. We I, find, I find a lot of women are bringing these in because they're small, they're cute, they fit in their purse. But when you actually, even a man that's got a strong hand, when you discharge that firearm, a 9 millimeter, it's like a little explosion in your hand because there's no weight to it. No, and you get these women that have, unfortunately, smaller, you know, weaker hands, they can't control the firearm. And the most important thing if you're going to have a concealed carry firearm isn't what you're carrying, it's your accuracy. And they're not going to be accurate with this firearm. I, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with, with shields. I've, I've helped people, you know, shoot, uh, like at our shooting socials, that sort of thing. But I, I, they're definitely popular. In fact, I think there's here's, one in the room right now. Here's why. But, the, uh, <laughs> but is there anything – here's my question, though. Is there 
I've noticed that some of the shops in town have have like different they'll they'll work on a shield. They have like a package of things they'll do to a shield. Are you guys familiar with anybody in town that'll kind of make your shield a little better? Well, remember the 1911, the government, the original one? Yeah. The first thing you bought after you bought it was an improvement kit. Right, right, right. That's the shield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Alicia, what do you, what do you have to I was just going to say, if it's going to be a carry gun, just be careful of the modifications you make. Just be mindful of that. Truth. Yeah. Oh, really? You get in trouble? It depends on it, what you it, do. It can give them fodder for you in, in court if you ever have to actually. How would use they it. know that? In case they they'll confiscate it if you're in a shooting. We'll oh, if you're it. shooting. Yeah, if you're in a shooting. Oh, you mean like if you're at the range and a, and a police officer standing no. next to you? Not no. that bad. No, if you, if you no. have to defend yourself. If you have to defend your life. Oh, I got yeah. you. If you have to defend your life and you have a, you, you have some kind of hair trigger on it or or, right. or something worse like, uh, uh, one guy had. Uh, there were, I think he was a police officer in Arizona, I believe, who on a, on the uh, dust cover of his AR, he had something something printed on there, like yeah, the Punisher or something like that. Anyway, they they'll they'll use that against you. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm into sports cars, and I try to tell people that there's millions of dollars in R and D into my Viper engine, and they go to Summit Racing and put a sixty nine dollar part on the internals. So it's the same thing <laughs> with these, you know, these firearms. There's a lot of engineering that goes into them to make them function right and function for longevity. So, so I'll see you at two o'clock for you ought to know. No, there you yeah. go. We can do there a whole hour on that as well. But uh, you know, safety is first, and so if the if the firearm isn't safe or going to function properly because you've now tampered with right. someone else's engineering, and I'm not talking about putting a sight on or what I'm talking about, you know, tampering with the right. internals. Um, new, that's new guide rod or a who new is drop in a trigger or something like a yeah. How about a new spring? Some kind of new spring. Because yeah. you're good with springs. Well, I'm better at losing springs. Is what I'm really good at. That's I just can't get that out of my head. Well, that <laughs> was a 1911. And it goes, Doing. yeah, and then that's it. Did you ever um, find that spring? I don't remember. No, I found it. I found it. <laughs> well, I carry a Gen 2 19. Okay. With like no, no modifications, <laughs> except I just put a red dot on it. I put that new Leupold red dot on it. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what do you guys? What do you guys think about the the new trend of uh, red dots, uh, red dot optics, or you know that sort of thing on on handguns? Well, for defensive handguns, it's like think about a defensive encounter. Yeah. In reality, in a defensive encounter, how close does somebody have to be to you to actually be an attacking threat? You're not going to see that. You're not going to see that red dot anywhere. No, no, no. You're, you're going to point shoot. And you're going to not use the sights at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you're not going to have time. But it to looks use good. Sights. Don't don't take offense. It looks <laughs> really really good. Well, I try. We actually, we need to do. I need to do a product review on that Leupold I got. I got that new Leupold that hangs off the back. I don't know if you've seen it. No. But the battery like hangs. Really ugly. It hangs off the back of the of the slide, and it's almost like it's like a tube, and it's got a red dot right in the center of it. it doesn't project; it's just got a red dot in the center of it. But the cool thing I like about it is number one, it's not a it doesn't look like a TV set singing, you know sitting on top of your slide right, like right. But the other one is if that red dot goes out, that tube turns into it's basically a, a ghost ring. Well, you just Which said is, something. I think it's really intelligent. You just said something that's so important. I, I personally don't, unless I'm shooting at night or on a on a rifle, uh-huh. I don't use red dots in any way, shape, or form. And what I found with a lot of people, they get dependent on it. And what are you going to do in a gunfight if your red dot doesn't work? Are you properly trained? Do you remember your skill sets? You know? There you go. All right, let's take a quick Web- break. Website one more time? Yep. Uh, the website is the number two. AFTNG.com, second A firearms training. 
Very awesome, good. guys. Great having you guys on. We'll definitely bring you back. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. The answer. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. Moses Castillo is running for mayor in Westminster. Public safety is one of his campaign priorities. Let's find out if that includes being able to help yourself. Stay safe. Up next. Hey, but first, Gun Promise coming to the Inland Empire. Get your dresses and suits ready. Dust off those dancing shoes and get ready to celebrate and support the Second Amendment. Join us and other Second Amendment supporters on November 12th. 2022 at March Air Force Museum right there in Riverside. You can celebrate with delicious foods, great drinks, dancing, intermingle with some Second Amendment folks, and don't miss the chance to win some really cool prizes. But get your tickets right now at gunprom.com. Welcome, everybody, to Gun Owners Radio. I'm Michael. That's Dave and, of course, Alicia. And we're going to talk to Moses Castillo, who is running for mayor in Westminster. And then a little later in the show, we're going to Talk to uh, someone from USCCA. Um, talk a little bit about uh, at least one of the programs that they have, and then uh, we're going to uh, ask. We're going to try to stump my nephew, Sam the Gunman. So stay with us. Have a have a a good time. Sit back and relax, and uh, let's get started. So Moses from we- uh, Westminster, how are you, sir? Thank you. I appreciate. It. Thank you for inviting me to your program. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about. First off, tell us a little bit about Westminster. Where's Westminster? What makes uh, Westminster unique? What's the what are the demographics? Yeah, well, Westminster is located in Orange County. Uh, it borders Huntington Beach, Fallon Valley, Santa Ana, and Garden Grove. So it's in northern Orange County, and it's known as Little Saigon. Its population is somewhere around 100,000. Fifty uh, percent of the uh, residents in Westminster are Asian. Uh, the majority being uh, Vietnamese. That's why uh, it's known as a Little Saigon. Uh, we have about 27% Caucasian, the other 26 uh, Latinos, uh, and then the other races uh, make up the other percentages. It's it's uh, it's so interesting how you know 100,000 Westminster, you know, in Orange County, right next to LA, not not considered a big city. You know, not 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 really huge. You know, I'm sure most people uh, in San Diego and Inland Empire may not even have heard of Westminster. A hundred thousand people, though. That's a lot of people. You know, you guys are the same population as like Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, <laughs> but in there you, there you it, go. yeah, in California, you know, a hundred thousand people. You know, barely. It, it seems like it's not even a blip, but that's a that's a major city. I mean, if you're you know compared to the rest of the country, how long have you lived in Westminster? 
Uh, almost uh, three decades. Uh, and uh, the entire time I've uh, been a police officer or detective with the Los Angeles Police Department, I recently retired in 2020. It's more like a repurposed. I, I, re- I, I retired from LAPD so I could go work for a law firm in Glendale where we advocate for victims of sexual assault and uh, childhood sex abuse. So I've still been wow. advocating for victims even even now. And that's why I want to run, because, you know, I'm tired of seeing what's happening in our country, our, our nation, our states, and our local communities. And I think it's time we get people in there that are going to put people first, support law enforcement, and put criminals last. Right now, you know, California is known as the criminal's paradise. And I'm, I'm just tired of that. So this is one way of giving back to my community. Uh, I, I've pretty much for my entire adult life, I've been protecting and serving. And I want to do it as mayor for Westminster. And you can learn more about me at Moses Castillo for mayor.com. Moses Castillo for mayor.com. That's amazing. Talk a little bit more when you say uh, you're, you're tired of seeing what's happening in this country. Go into a little bit more detail about that. I think we all kind of have our own complaints, you know, um, uh, and, and, and we have a, a, a pretty good idea what you're talking about, but what's something that's happened to this country in the last 10, 15 years that, that you want to help change as mayor? Well, I want to be a voice for the people, for one. I think that's one of the major roles I'll have as a mayor for Westminster, because uh, many of the small cities are really run by a city manager. But I want to be a voice for the residents. And one of the issues I see throughout our country that I, I do believe will impact Orange County is the fact that there's 76 quote quote progressive DAs throughout our nation that are being funded by George Soros. Therefore, they're on this uh, radical movement of advocating more so for the criminals and those accused of crimes than than actually advocating for victims, and and in most cases not applying the law as as required to, and, and that's what we we're, we're having people run amok, do you know whatever they want, but no bails. You know, they, they get arrested and they get released and they get rearrested again and they reoffend. And it's a revolving door. And ultimately, at, uh, sometimes at a very high price, it causes somebody their life and families are devastated. And so I've been, you know, very vocal and very active in, in uh, the recall efforts of uh, George Cascon, the DA in L.A. County, which technically the, the, the recall efforts have uh, Come, you know, to a halt and, and failed, if you will. But there are some legal maneuvering challenges going on, and the, the political action committee that's running that recall efforts uh, have sued the county of Los Angeles, the registrar's office, and they do have a, a date coming up, uh, a hearing early December on this very issue. And what they uncovered during their challenging of the signatures that were collected, because the registrar's office uh, deemed many signatures invalid. So what they've done is they, they, they've gone in there and researched and make sure that they were uh, invalidated by, you know, with, with, with reason and with legal cause. And what they're finding out is that they weren't. Many of them were not. But more interesting enough, and I think you guys would appreciate this, what they uncovered was this, that, that the number that the registrar's office gave the, the committee, say, you know, you need to come up with uh, 577,000 signatures to qualify for a recall. That was based on the fact that, you know, there's, you know, I forget, uh, 10 million registered voters in, in, in the county. Well, when, when they're doing this process, what they found out is many of them had died. Many of them Jeez. have moved away yeah. from LA County. So that number was inflated so high that it made it impossible to reach to recall. the number. So, so, they, they, so, need to, so they need to clean up the, 
the the voter registration rolls is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And if they, and if we would use the numbers that it's accurate, the, the accurate numbers, then the, actually this this recall would qualify. Would have gone. Okay. So Moses, we're we're a gun show. Uh, Orange County Gun Owners is a is a Second Amendment organization. Um, uh, you are former LAPD. You now work for a law firm that uh, you know advocates on behalf of of crime victims. You've talked a lot about you know, criminals kind of taking over uh, the state and, and, and your town there. Um, where do guns fit into this? You know what? I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I've been advocating uh, for uh, gun owners and going against Governor Newsom. Um, I could tell you that uh, that bill that he signed in early July, and, you know, this is the headline of his, of his actual press release. His press release says, New California law holds gun makers liable. The gun industry can no longer hide. And that just makes me sick. Why? Talk about why that makes you sick. Because what he did is he actually released 76,000, or at least actually more than that, inmates from California. And we're talking violent offenders. We're talking rapists, murderers, people convicted of child molestation, the the worst of the worst. He released them. And and that's why we see the spike in crime. So he heard saying that the gun manufacturers are responsible for mass shootings? How, how is that? That logic doesn't even make sense. It's like saying, now are we going to create laws that say, uh, well, we're not going to, we're going to go after the uh, vehicle manufacturers because they cause fatalities. So That's you, nonsense. It's so you, do you think it, you're, you agree, um, you think that it's a better world when, when people, you know, sane, trained, law-abiding uh, people are able to own the, the most effective self-defense tool ever created, which is a firearm. You, you generally agree with that statement? Absolutely. In fact, yeah. it, I think it. I think it's. It, I think we need it now more than ever. All right. What's your? Uh, give us your uh, your uh, website one more time. Moses Castillo for Mayor.com. Moses Castillo for Mayor.com. Thank you so much, Moses. Good luck. You're just two weeks away. Look forward to uh, hearing more from you and uh, seeing you get involved with Orange County gun owners too. Yes, definitely will do that. Thank Thank you, my friend. All right, folks. Hey, when we get back, more gun owner news right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Katie Pointer, Bainey from USCCA, Faster Saves Lives, is up next. But first, you know, a lot of uh, companies are frustrated with their website. It looks old, it's out of date, and it's not getting customers. Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is real easy. 866-728-9100. 866-728-9100. And let's get that website fixed today. All right. USCCA is a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio. Fantastic organization. Uh, they're also a sponsor of or, or have been uh, contributors and, and supporters of San Diego County Gun Owners. 
Fantastic organization. Can't thank them enough for all that they do. And we have Katie Pointer Bainey on. Did I, say, did I pronounce your, your name right, Katie? You got it. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing well. Pleasure to be with you all. And you are with USCCA. I am. USCCA and the USCCA for Saving Lives, which I'm really excited to talk with you guys about today. It is a political action committee that we launched about a year and a half ago now that is working to advance the interests of responsibly armed Americans, primarily at a federal level, uh, again, educating and informing gun owners to participate in the political process, to understand what's at stake in every election, and to kind of be a one-stop shop for updates on federal 2A legislation, tracker, news updates. Uh, we have an incredible website, USCCASavesLives.org. Um, and it's a, it's a great political action committee. I encourage your listeners to go take a look. I was really excited. I remember when you guys uh, launched this and made uh, you, you were talking, you know, made the announcements and everything. It sounds really exciting. Um, when we launched San Diego County Gun Owners Pack, one of the questions we got often was, you know, well, gee, there's so many other organizations doing this. What makes you guys different? So what made you guys decide, hey, you know what, we need our own pack. We need our own organization that does stuff. And what makes you guys different? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, listen, the Second Amendment is under attack at a local level, a state level, a federal level. So I'd like to say that there there are never enough players in this game, right, advocating on behalf of responsibly armed Americans. I, I would hope that we're, you know, we're all in this together. But we really heard from the USCCA members across the country that they wanted someone advocating on behalf of national concealed carry reciprocity. That is kind of the single biggest legislative issue hurdle for gun owners today, right? Traveling between states, kind of convoluted patchwork of, of laws that can make folks unknowingly criminals. And we were responding to that by launching this political action committee. It's our number one legislative priority is national concealed carry reciprocity. Seeing that signed into law and really advocating and highlighting candidates that are going to get the votes to, to get us to pass that bill. That's really our, our focus. I'd say our unique, too, is that we aren't, we don't believe that engagement should be built on fear-mongering, kind of partisan finger-pointing. We want to be incredibly transparent, credible, honest, and we want to encourage American gun owners to participate. You choose the candidate that best aligns with your values. If you care about your right to carry a firearm, you care about your right to self-defense, well, here are the candidates that are going to support that right and really kind of allowing and empowering gun owners to make those, those sorts of decisions. So it's been a, it's been a great year and a half, but we're just getting started. So for house and Senate, U S house, U S Senate, you guys vet those candidates and what would you rate them or do you, or do you, do you, you back one horse and not the other? Or how does it, how does it work? Yeah, we send. So for this cycle, this is our first cycle. We sent out candidate surveys to candidates all across the country. We were really looking at races and kind of evaluating a handful of factors. We're looking at races that are competitive, that have, you know, a handful of gun owners in the area, or perhaps crime is a, you know, really top of mind issue for voters. Uh, so there were a handful of, you know, sort of qualification factors, but we sent that survey out to 100 plus, I believe, candidates. And we expected to get them back. And there were pretty 
you can see it on our website. We posted the survey, really in-depth questions and pledges, essentially, of how are you going to vote? What do you support? What do you believe in? Are you going to champion the Second Amendment and our right to self-defense? And that's how we kind of went through and decided what candidates we were going to highlight. Our advertising campaign, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it highlights the story of Jennifer, who is a mom of four and a domestic abuse survivor. And I think her story is really important because it's not the typical story of gun owners that you hear in America today, right? We were hoping that it would resonate with folks across the country, moms, dads, who have chosen to be their family's first line of defense. And again, hoping to provide that kind of alternative story of who a gun owner is in America today. That's interesting. So now the, the, after you, you have this, this list of folks, you know, these are the people that, uh, that you guys vetted and they're, they're, they're in a, um, an area where we actually have a chance of winning, you know, or, or where you guys can move the needle. Um, what right. do you, what do you guys do? Do you reach out to voters in that area or do, or do you do, donate directly to the candidates or what do you guys do? Yeah, we're running advertising campaigns, um, digital advertising targeted campaigns in those districts. And so it's twofold. One is a video story, again, highlighting Jennifer, her story, why the Second Amendment is so important to her specifically as a domestic abuse survivor and now a firearm owner. And then we're also running digital advertising um, nationwide in addition to those targeted races that is get out the vote for gun owners. Do you care about the Second Amendment? Do you care about your right to self-defense? So they see the they um, see the video. They see the Go video. Ahead. Like, hey, this this you know this. Uh, by the way, w- what a wonderful lady for you know standing up and and telling her story. I'm sure that that's not easy for her. So fantastic uh, on her for doing that. Um, they see that, and then it, it rolls into a you know you need to vote, and here's who you need to vote for. Is that? Is that kind that's of the it. idea? That's yeah. awesome. That's you know, it. you guys, to the specific specific candidates. You yeah. guys do a really good job of getting people to tell their story in general. I was at a, I've been to a number of different conferences. Now that I think about it, that USCCA was involved in, and you guys do a really good job of of finding people who've used your services and getting them out in front of people, and and so they can tell their story. Um, mm-hmm. And I think those personal stories are extremely important. You guys do a great job of that. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. That's our that's our focus. That's why we're here. We're less interested in the politicians necessarily and in the stories of everyday gun owners because they are better than any mouthpiece in Washington, D.C. could be or advocate for why the Second Amendment is so important. Right. These everyday American stories of of protecting themselves, their families. I mean, that's what the Second Amendment is all about. We think it's really powerful to continue to kind of highlight and, and encourage folks to tell those stories. Now, okay, so your number one is obviously uh, the number one thing that you guys advocate for is is uh, people's ability um, to carry for self defense. Um, that, that's your your bread and butter. That's your main focus. How much do you guys get involved, or are you planning on getting involved in you know other areas of you know other Second Amendment uh, interests like fighting back against the assault weapon bans and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think we have we've slowly begun to get more involved. Like you said, there are so many great organizations out there who have their niche issues, whether they're fighting on behalf of gun owners in the judiciary system. I think a lot of our rights being defended there. There's some incredible organizations doing that. Um, We really wanted to focus, again, on that storytelling piece of lifting the stories of everyday gun owners. But in addition to that, we have gone out to D.C., 
um, CEO and co-founder Tim Schmidt and I and Chief Strategy Officer Mike Lowney, we've traveled out to D.C. We're talking with uh, lawmakers at a federal level pretty consistently, trying to serve as, a, again, a subject matter expert when they are looking at this legislation and, and considering, you know, for example, the assault weapons ban. We were pretty clear. We sent up a ton of facts and information to relevant committees saying, you know, here's why this is going to fundamentally do nothing to address the issue of crime in this country. Uh, so we really want to serve as, as a thought leader and as a resource for folks on Capitol Hill. I, it's extremely important. I, I, it's, it's gotten to the point, though, I, I think the advocacy work you guys do to get the right people elected is the, you know, that's the, that's the uh, ounce of prevention, you know. Once they're in office, uh, trying to educate and influence them to, to vote a certain way, you know, that takes 150 pounds of cure. It's, it, once they're in there, it is so difficult to get anybody to do anything. Um, it's, it's, you know, obviously you have to try, have to do it. You know, it absolutely has to be done. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for the sake of folks that are listening, it's it's getting people into office who are, are on our side that are you know the right fit for us. That's that's we really got to do a lot of focus on that. That's where that's where we make a, a real true difference in the country. And it's so that part's difficult too because like you were saying, there's so many areas that you know it does it almost doesn't matter. You could you could put a hundred million dollars into into an area, and if if the makeup, if the political makeup, if the culture is just not there. Um, you know, it's it's a losing battle. It's 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 got to be fought so st- strategically. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I'm extremely excited about it. How do you, now? How do you guys raise money? Do you guys uh, is there a do you guys offer memberships or what do you guys do? Our primarily our fundraising is at a grassroots level. We have over forty thousand donors from across the country. We've raised just shy of a million dollars and. Very much our efforts have been focused on that grassroots experience, right? Trying to, again, energize, engage everyday gun owners to come join this movement, join our cause. If you want authentic, credible, um, accurate information about what's happening in Washington, D.C., about your lawmakers, um, then, then sign up and kind of join this, this movement of responsible gun owners. Our focus, again, really has been in that grassroots fundraising. And we've, you know, again, in a year and a half, we've been pretty successful. But to your point, electing the right candidates is just the first step. Once they're in office is when the real work begins. And when we have to continue to defend the Second Amendment, to continue to advocate for legislative solutions like national concealed carry reciprocity, that it's going to make it easier for everyday gun owners to defend themselves and their families. It's been, it's been really exciting. It's been fun. I worked in Washington, D.C. for many years. I've been involved in politics for over 12 years, and this is exciting. How can people help? What's the, what's the website? If people want to donate and help, 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 be effect, help USCCA be effective with their new political action committee, where can they go? Visit USCCASavesLives.org. USCCASavesLives.org. Thank you so much, Katie. What an awesome job. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Have a good week. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Well, you know, a self-defense event happens in seconds, and in the time it takes... To listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. 
I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and the education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. Remember, uscca.com slash G-O-R. Alicia. Yes. How are you? Doing well. I heard a little birdie told me that you, you, you just took a class. I did. Tell us about that. So ironically, through the USCCA, they have a new AR, a Fundamentals Instructor course. Um, we AR at- stands for Assault Rifle. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get so many hate emails after oh, this show. That's- and you earned it. You earned it. Uh, it no. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> Armalite. Oh. Uh, so what it is, it's a new program they have, um, and we actually were the first class held here in California. So um, the class that I attended was the first round of, of the, the newly USCCA sanctioned uh, AR uh, instructors run, th- uh, that actually all in all of California. So it's a, it's a great program they have. It's it's a great curriculum. If you've ever attended a USCCA course, whether it was a, you know, a home defense, uh, you know, any of the myriad of classes that they have, their curriculum, their style, their 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 approach is significantly different than than the NRA or than any of these other um, institutions that provide training and um, and curriculum and uh, things. And it was it's a it's a great course. Uh, we How's actually, it different? So how is it different? It comes from, well, first of all, you're allowed to have firearms in the classroom. Oh, Let's start with that. It's different. Uh, it is. So the way that it's different is, is it's, it's very, um, you know, of course, they start with the basics. You know, we as, as instructors, they actually put us through it first as a student. So we saw it at that end user student level. So we had to, you know, we sat through that PowerPoint. We sat through the handling demonstrations. We had to function and do all those um, and then we got a chance to go out on the range and do all the live fire stuff from the perspective of a student. And it's and it, I feel it's very important as an instructor to actually go through that, to go through that as a student would see it, how they would experience it. Um, so we we went through that. They they really take the approach of this is a defensive, an AR defensive course, oh, wow. essentially. So it, it, it's, it, it you know, there is a little bit of zeroing. They, you know, they'll spend a hot minute zeroing your rifle. And then from there, you just rock and roll. It's a whole lot of ups. It's a whole lot, you know, it's, it, it is, it's a fundamentals, but then yeah. they roll you right into a defensive AR use. So, okay. So you were learning how to, how to teach the curriculum. Correct. And the Correct. curriculum was to teach people specifically AR pattern rifles. It's not so much patterning. Um, it's more about. No, I mean, it, I mean, was it an entry level class? I mean, the AR rifle. Or first it's, time shooter of an AR. It comes from the perspective. Really, you could come at any level. You can be an experienced shooter, or you can be someone who is taking the their air out of the box. Absolutely. And so the class is really able to be tailored and structured around the student. Gotcha. So if you know, if you have if you have more advanced students, you can move much more quickly. There's a number of of drills and scenarios and things that you can do. But if you have newer shooters, you can take that a little slower, dial it back and keep a little bit more basic um, until they're ready. Mm-hmm. And when are you, you going to start teaching this then? We are. We're going to, uh, in fact, probably in December. Oh, cool. In December. So, so your first who, class who is we? We. So uh, I, so I, I hold the certification independently. It is mine. I can go anywhere and do it. However, I also do work for Discount Gun Mart and they are going to be putting together the courses looking at, and it's, it's we're looking at doing it into a three segment course um and so starting in december well that's awesome that's so, very cool did you enjoy it i did it was it was fantastic it did was, you go buy an ar y- you know i'm waiting until <laughs> christmas I, 
No, I am waiting. I'm I'm hopeful that these restrictions in California are going to be lifted, and I'm going to go out and buy the just wait. what I want. I'm it's, waiting. It's coming. I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend the dollars on a California complaint here. I have one. I don't want to buy another one. So what, well, do you want, what do you want to get? I got to know. Yeah. I don't. I haven't decided. There's there's so many options. Out of California. Out of California. Out of California. You won't be able to make a decision. You're going to have you know, 12 ARs. <laughs> you are going to have 12 <laughs> ARs. Don't even don't even go there. When those restrictions are gone, you never know. Well, that's all. And this is going to be through Discount Gone Mark? It will be. Okay. Correct. Very, very cool. The website that's will cool. probably stay on top of the website. Can you get on a newsletter through Discount Gone Mark? Yeah, they do have a monthly newsletter. They do. So if you did that, then yep. if something was they would be in Because I think the importance, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> ARs out there. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, and I and I do a lot of, of you know, people come to me with for private instruction. I do a lot of one-on-one mm-hmm, courses, mm-hmm. you know, AR things. Um, but this is this is going to be a different structure. This isn't a group it's setting. Got a tool in your toolbox. It is. It yeah. is, and it's uh, it's it's a different environment. It's a different. You know, the, those one-on-one classes. I love them. I love doing them. But I have an hour with those people um, with the, those private lessons. It's mm-hmm. just not enough time to get all of right. the repetition and the practice and all the the content that this class and this course will be able to offer. That's cool, Bill. What'd you guys use in the military back in? In uh, in uh, Great Britain, SLR, SLR, file no. to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, but, I had an SLR, also Browning High Power was my standard sidearm. Interesting. I'm dating myself now. <laughs> it's a great gun. And I mean, it, it in the nineties, actually in the early two thousands. I mean, that's you know, F, you know, FALs, AKs, ARs. There's kind of this big competition and then somewhere in the early 2000s it feels like the ar just kind of won would you agree well they are one because a we didn't have the rights to build right ak's okay so we're not building ak's we're not allowing them to be imported so basically in america they are one if you look at the rest of the world the ak one no, oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I guess I should have specified, really. Is, when I'm talking about the AR winning, I mean me and my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask. I got some lightning lightning round uh, questions here. Okay. So just, just quick answers. Uh, I'm going to go to Bill first. Okay. And then Paul. All right. So uh, 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 <laughs> that's I, a that real foul. Talk about lightning. Glock or 1911? 1911. Glock or 1911? Only 1911. Oh, wow. So AR or AK? AR. AR or AK? Absolutely AR. 45 or 9 millimeter? Either one. Don't care. 45 or 9 millimeter? 45. Remington. Okay, so uh, uh, the uh, shotgun. Uh, Mossberg or Remington? Mossberg. Mossberg. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. It seems like uh, the only people that think the Remington wins are people who are former law enforcement. Because all they were given. That's all, yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) And I don't think, by the way, Remington, they're not bad, right? No, they're not bad. Yeah. For the money, they're bad. What what do you, (laughs) they're a little expensive. What do you like about the Mossberg better? Just the ergonomics on the Mossberg 500, pump action shotgun, one of the most reliable shotguns. Reliable and simple. The ergonomics are I like the safety on top. Yeah, safety's in the right place. Right where it needs to be. The bolt release is in the right place. It's behind the trigger guard. Everything's in the right place. Yeah. And it works. Have you guys seen, do you guys teach AR classes and shotgun classes? We don't do a whole lot of AR classes. The biggest problem we've found with teaching like rifle classes and shotgun classes, since they shut down the PD range on us, down on... uh, yeah, off the 94. Yeah, off the 94. Yeah. 
there's not many ranges that will allow you to do moving and actually shooting classes involving long guns and shotguns. We're pretty much down to handguns for most stuff, which sucks, but unfortunately, till we can get some more ranges that will open up and allow us to do that, and that's another political problem, getting more outdoor ranges here. For the, most, for the most part, the students that come to us for that type of training, they want to learn how it works. We can take them to an indoor range and get them functioning safely and shooting at short distances. But like Bill said, there's just no cover. There's no move. There's no reality. No, for defensive. For we dense. can teach them how to shoot longer range, but there's nowhere we can really take them through defensive shooting. There's it, a couple of places, but again, range time is... It feels like... I mean, it feels like... Well, I think everybody, most people are doing it right in that they're getting a handgun first. I feel like that's probably the best idea. If you're, it's you know, it's the most uh, most useful for people in San Diego is to own a handgun. It's probably more universal too for the family members. You know, whether it's a teenage kid that has to protect the family in an emergency or the wife, um, learning the AR is a lot more difficult than a handgun. You're right. A shotgun is pretty cumbersome as well. Shot well, shotgun's kind of nice because I agree. The, I the, the rack of the slide should do the job, and if not, when they pull the trigger, even if it you know it hurts them shoulder and whatnot, the probability of the spray is going to be a pretty effective. I agree. So there's there's a lot of advantages to shotguns in the application. Well, and that's where I was going. I think that the, then the, after so you get a handgun, which is probably the right first move, but then they they I feel like the one of the most common mistakes is then they go get like seven ARs <laughs> and 12 and, and and no shotgun. Do you want to know the honest truth? And no training. I have one AR. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know why? Why? We called the AR a squirrel gun back in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because well, the FAL was it's a 308 on steroids. Yeah. Okay, let's be real. Was an FAL? Was it was it 308? Your FAL or not? You yeah. weren't FAL. 308. Were, yeah, there were 308s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's. That's that's that means. Business. You've heard the joke of ain't got a forty and ain't got a four and it's no good for self defense. Well, <laughs> ain't got a three and it ain't a rifle. <laughs> yeah, I have one AR, um, and it's uh, I've I've told this too, but you know that I don't know if you guys have heard the joke about the uh, the lumberjack who had the same axe for thirty five years. He changed the head fourteen times and he changed the handle, you know, twenty four times, right? But it's the same act. That's me and my AR. My AR takes it takes up the same space in the universe as you know it did back in the nineties when I bought it. But I've changed every single part on it except for the bolt carrier group. Everything else has been changed, but it's still it's one AR. It's my AR. Yeah, I love it. But uh, I think, but someone I heard someone else say that you know uh, too many people get a three thousand dollar AR. When uh, what they need is a seven hundred dollar AR and twenty three hundred dollars in training, or whatever. You well, know? that's that's probably that's one way pretty, looking at pretty it. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, I find it funny. We one of the things we do we do a lot of training with new shooters, so we spend a lot of time on the indoor ranges and their public ranges, and we see people in there all day long who refuse to get a private lesson or take a class because it's too expensive. And they'll sit there and they'll blow 100 rounds yeah. of ammunition in 20 <laughs> minutes. And when they walk off, their first group is the same group they shot as their last group. They've learned nothing by the end of the routine. Yeah. And, and group is loose. That's a loose term, I'm sure. <laughs> Very. Yeah. So how if, if you're, you get a C, we got a, new, a lot of new CCW holders. In fact, in the last four or five years, uh, it's increased by about 6,000 people or something like that. Uh, and it's increasing every month. How, how much training annually does a CCW holder need to take? Okay, we're not allowed to swear on this show. No. <laughs> no, no, please no. Okay. So the average person that we see come back for a renewal two years later. Yeah. 
We have to retrain some of them on how to shoot. Yeah, that's how right. little practice they put in. Well, what's a rule of thumb? One day or a, a year, or what, what's a rule of thumb? One eight-hour class minimum. I, I I don't encourage people to go taking big eight-hour classes every month because here's the thing: you go to a class, you're going to get a lot of information. You're going to dump sixty percent of it if you're not putting it into practice immediately. Range short returns, short returns. Range yeah. time after you've taken a class is the important thing. All right, that's a good. That's right. a good perspective. As you can tell by the music, we're going to take a quick break. Because guess who's coming up? Sam the Gunman. Right here on the Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey. Uh, yeah, a self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you never are forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists. Because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 Critical Response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. USCCA.com G-O-R. All right, everybody's favorite segment, our most popular segment. Uh, Stump, my nephew, Sam the Gunman, he's my nephew. And we found out uh, a few years ago that he knows a thing or two. About guns. In fact, uh, so we started, by the way, we started asking him questions. He started answering them all right. So if you send us a question and we use it on the air, we'll send you a hat or a shirt. Um, if you stump my nephew, then we'll give you a, a really cool special prize. I think the uh, special prize right now is tickets to gun prom up in Inland Empire, um, which is uh, March Air Force Base on November 12th. Also, look for Sam the Gunman. He's he's uh, going to turn out an article for the, for the blog, for San Diego's blog, for Inland Empire's blog, and for Orange's blog. Uh, once a week, he's going to have an article up. His first one just went up. Check it out. Uh, Sam, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Give us uh, about 10 seconds on what your article was about. Uh, my article this past Monday um, is called Our Body Armor Bands Next, and it talks about um, the political implications of stuff going on on the complete opposite side of the country in New York and how that possibly affects um, California and the rest of the country with regards to body armor, a, uh, a less, um, less, less popularly discussed part of, uh, the second amendment and self-defense. And did you get any fan email? I did. I got a couple of fan emails. Um, I'm working on responding to them. Of course, uh, um, the, uh, working on the next one comes first, but I, I will have responses to those out. Well, one of those fans was John Petrolino, the Penn Patriot wrote you a, a uh, some fan email, which I thought was awesome. I, I saw that. Yeah. He was the very first. That's awesome. That's like, that's like pitching your first game and Sandy Koufax calls you and says, good job. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's exactly. Yeah, Mike, I, I it's exactly like, like that. <laughs> anyway. All right, my friend, uh, here we go. Uh, uh, we're going to have Bill McLaren. Uh, he's here in the, in the studio, and uh, he's got the best accent out of everybody in the room, so he's going to ask the question. Okay, Sam, you ready? Let's have it. What makes the Remington 
870 competition different. What makes the Remington 870 competition different? Um, I'm assuming by this, the, uh, the person sending in the question is asking what makes the Remington 870 competition different from other 870s. Yeah. Um, this, this gets down into the weeds of, of specific um, SKUs that manufacturers put out. But as far as I'm aware, and this, this holds true for most uh, competition shotguns, um, you will have uh, a different style of sights, usually fiber optic front instead of just a brass bead. Um, you will usually have a vented sight rib. You will usually have a longer barrel and extended magazine tube. That's a big part of it. Um, and you will usually have a higher cheek comb. Uh, but I'm, I have to admit, I'm not familiar with specifically the 870 competition. So the 870 competition, the bullet points that this person, uh, this is uh, Arnell from Huntington Beach. Thank you, Arnell, for writing in. He says that the, eight, the Remington 870 competition, it's actually a single-shot shotgun. It's gas-operated. It doesn't eject the round. You still have to use the pump action to eject the round. And the round is port-loaded. I didn't know any of that. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Specifically designed for trap shooting, trap is a single-shot activity, so no need for a repeating gun. Plus, you don't have shells ejecting at your buddies and their expensive guns. It's also a high-volume sport, so reducing recoil saves shoulders. Oh, that's interesting. I, I did not know about that model of shotgun. I shoot trap recreationally, but that's uh, that's an interesting one. I hadn't heard of that one before. I hadn't either. It's a good question. Arnell, looks like you're going to get a uh, at least one ticket, maybe a pair of tickets. Let's see if they uh, if Arnell has got a – Arnell, if you have a date, we'll see. If you, if you have a date, maybe we'll give you two tickets to Gun Prom, which is not that long a drive from uh, Huntington Beach over to March Air Force Base in Riverside County. So congratulations. You stumped my nephew. They got to pour salt in the wound and do a whole <laughs> cheer session. Sorry about Sam. I, did, I didn't. Sam, I didn't authorize that. No, it's fine. <laughs> oh, Brendan thought Brendan that was funny. Brendan stopped. Sorry. <laughs> All right, my friend. What else is going on, Sam? Anything exciting? Uh, no. Same old, same old. Everything's sort of boring out here. Um, I guess boring in a good way. But All right. uh, do, is there a subject matter for your next uh, blog, or, do, or should we just wait and see? Um, I, I'll just have to say, wait and see, um, no, uh, no hints. All right. Well, thank you so much for providing excellent job. Unfortunately, uh, they stumped you this time, but, uh, that's why we have you on every week. So, uh, we will talk to you next week and thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me on. I'll try and save you a pair of tickets to gun prom next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Take care. Oh, Bill, Paul, this is usually the part of the show where we brag about how great he is answering questions. But you, you came on a rare occasion where they actually stumped my nephew. It happens. Yeah, well, so anyway. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you guys so much for uh, uh, coming to Gun Prom and, and supporting the organization. It's awesome. And uh, we're looking forward to doing even more together. And, and uh, you know, congratulations on all your success. Thanks for having us on. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll be back on soon. Yeah, we'd love that. We'd love that. And again, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, the website is 2AFTNG.com, or you can call us at 858-737-8662. Awesome. All right. Sounds like a plan. Don't forget, folks. 
get the voter guide. By the way, I ran uh, you and uh, yeah. Carl again today. Oh, did you? Yeah. Probably gonna, might run it again next. How we do? Well, I'm just rerunning it over and over because it, it was a whole hour of, of getting your butt out there. Use your the voter guide from yeah. San Diego County gun owners. Use uh, Carl's. And, and use vote, ours. And use vote ours for first. Martinez instead of Hammerling. Right. Vote for Martinez. Use ours first, and then and then all the holes fill uh, it up. Go back exactly to Carl. what I because Carl uh, Carl's is a little more thorough. So yeah. I I think ours is going to become a little more thorough. As it well needs because, to because uh, you have to have been quit asked. ignoring Alpine. <laughs> well, the idea since you're a resident, yeah, that's, well, now temporary. it's a prerequisite. I the idea was that we were really trying to focus people in on local. And and that's happened, and that's happening, and we're very happy about that. And by the way, I'm thankful that you didn't put "you're doomed" <laughs> yeah. on the ballot, right? But I, I think we need to. Uh, what something I didn't anticipate was that you know we don't want to have we don't want people to go to another we don't want them to have to get you know multiple voter guides you know we want to try to be a one one stop shop. So I think we're going to do some coordinating with some other organizations to do a great job on the federal level. Or I'm sorry, the state level. And then uh, we'll have a little bit more of a uh, an even fuller guide in, mm-hmm. in uh, two years. I, th- believe, I think it's so important. Do you believe this election's almost here? It's it's like a week away. It seems to me like when they said we had like sixty days or seventy days. I'm like, oh, Jesus, when is it going to end? I know. Well, yeah, now when is it going to end? <laughs> November eighth, and you know when the next election starts? The ninth, November ninth. Yeah. <laughs> November ninth. I'm already. I'm not even joking. I already have uh, meetings lined up. Uh, really? For next year, or I'm sorry, for next week, um, I already have multiple meetings lined up for the 2024 election, and, and probably the voter guide. <laughs> well, well, that's it's already begun. I, you has to. It's it already has, begun. You can't you can't because if you lag, you'll lose. Yeah. So. Hey, folks, if you want to help us out, we need you to subscribe to our show and give us a five star review. And you can find it on any Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast, YouTube, Spotify. And if you're out and about, check out our great, great sponsors. If you need to join San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners if you live in the area, or Inland Empire gun owners, or you can join all three. The Dillon Law Group, in case you get in trouble, PRMI Mortgage for all your mortgage needs, Sage Tree, get your uh, website straightened out, San Diego Flight Training International, and U.S. Concealed Carry Association. I uh, really want to thank Alicia Curtin for coming in and helping us out. She does an amazing job. Good old Michael Schwartz. Couldn't do it without him. Sam the gun man. And Brendan Thomas, who keeps us on the air somewhat. Uh, Action Jackson would be here, but the little guy's out. Shooting, shooting a competition. Shooting a competition. Yeah. So he'll be all over Facebook and Instagram, so you'll have to. That's right. Good yeah. luck, little guy. Hope you won. Hope you came in first. I'll bet you he came in first in his age bracket. I'll bet you he did, too. <laughs> it's going to be pretty hard. And by the way, it looks like maybe he's going to be driving at Barona Speedway next year. What? So we're going to have to do something with the car, get it all San Diego County gun owners right. up. We'll have to get, we, we got to get some, we'll have to do an event out there, get a bunch of fans. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, we'll get them out in the in the stands and we'll we'll do the wave. Yeah, and then we'll make him a little, put him in the booth, you know, while people are, when he's not racing, he can be talking about gun owners. There you go. Yeah, I mean, a little guy can shoot better than you. <laughs> well, that's not hard. I want to say that. Guns scare me. Yeah. All right. Hey, Bob Siegel is in the house tonight. I just happened to look across the hall. Not quite sure what the topic's going to be, but it'll be. Enough to keep you glued to your radio. 
whether you're out and about, or you can listen to it online at kcbq.com. There's free apps for KCBQ, and you can go to any podcast to listen to. Don't you have a YouTube page as well? Yeah, Gun Owners Radio, we're on YouTube. You might be watching us right now from YouTube, but we uh, well, you'll you'll see segments uh, uh, from all all past shows. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio FN ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.